I'm excited to give you the Word of God today. I think that there has been some things, there's some preparation time that's taken place, and I think God's gotten us to the point where we're, He's prepared our heart, okay? So I just want to let you know that today's message, as we begin to hit the tarmac, we're going to begin to take off, and we're going to ascend a little bit, and there's going to be some turbulence there's going to be some challenge. There's going to be some things that you're going to go, ooh, ow, ooh, ouch, maybe. But then I want you to know that we're going to come through that difficult place in the, in the spirit, are you with me, and get into where we're a little bit higher in the altitude and we're going to get a little bit higher and all of a sudden it'll be you're free to roam around the cabin. You know, you'll be able to, we'll get a little bit higher, the, we'll turn off the seatbelt lights and things are going to begin to, 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 to smooth out a little bit. Then we're going to be able to bring this plane to a landing, and it's going to be a nice, smooth landing. So turn to your neighbor and say, buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> I want to review real quick. Give me a few minutes. Last week, we talked about being stronger together. Being stronger together. Say that with me. Being stronger together. Okay? So I'm going to do this. Let's try something today. I, 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 I like to get out of my box. So I'm going to say, we are, and you're going to say, stronger together. All right. Are you ready? We are. Okay. Now we got to have some to it. All right. We got to have, we are. Come on. I need you too on this. I need you on this. All right. Let's try it again. We are. Okay. We are stronger together. We need each other. And, and that if you look at the whole, whole theme of today and you, you, the worship music, the things that, when you go it alone, it, you, you get out and you get, you get off track when you're, when you're alone. Come on. There's times where to be alone. And there's times when I'm alone, when I'm alone, I'm not lonely. And there's times where I'm lonely, even though I'm a bunch of people. You know what I mean? You could be in the middle of that, but we're, we're, we're stronger together. So I'm going to, real quick, we talked last week or week before last about five reasons why community works, because we're stronger together because of, because of community. And number one, I think, do we have those, Tanya, there? Um, it really, it comes through, right, strength comes through community. So real quick, number one was strength comes through community. Number two, that there is safety in community. Not only do we can have strength, but there's safety. I want you to know that church is a safe place to be. Church is a safe place to be in the community. How about this? Number three, God speaks through community. We heard Junior this morning get up and start preaching. Amen. He got the preaching gift in him. I love it, man. When he gets, he gets, has the zeal of the Lord and begins to bring forth there. God speaks through community. There's courage that comes through community. Anybody need courage? I find that when I'm in community, when, when we come here together and we gather together, that, that there's I, I feel stronger in the Lord. I feel like there's more courage to walk for the things of God and, and to be able to do the things of God because there's courage. And number five is ministry is birthed out of community. So we talked a little bit about that, and, and Jesus talked about it in John 17 and John 21 where he wanted us to be one. That they're one, we're one, we're all one with the Father because that's what really community is about. So why community? Because we are... Hey, I got somebody over here. <laughs> we are stronger together. We're stronger together. So we need to be stronger together. There is a scripture that is called, it's the three-stranded cord. 
The Bible says that a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. And a lot of times we as, as pastors, we use that for the marriage situation. That your husband and your wife, you come together and then you put God in there as a third-stranded cord. Which is great. It works. But how many of you know that Mario is a cord and I'm a cord. And when God comes together, you know what I mean, together in community, he puts us together and he makes us stronger. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think you're looking strong today. You are looking strong today. Amen? But you have to know this, that, that community is a choice. Let me say that again. Community is a choice. It's a choice. You have to make a choice. You guys made a choice this morning to come and be part of a community. It's, it's a choice. You guys are part, part of the community of Woodward or Fort Supply or Buffalo or Moreland or wherever you're from. You're part of, you can be part, you make a choice to be part of that community. We made a choice to be part, I made a choice to be part of the Christian community or I could say Christian family. So two weeks ago when we ta started talking about being stronger together and looked at community, I got, a, I got a text, and Micah had, Lord had spoken to Micah. Micah, wave your hand back there. I told him I wouldn't have him come up today. Would, but he said the Lord had spoken to him and really said something about community, and he, said, and he goes on and says, the only way to immunity is community. All right, now, is it okay if the Lord speaks prophetically to our children? Amen? Okay, let me say that again. He said the only way to immunity is through community. And we began to think on that, and I felt like the Lord directed me to the definition of immunity. And here's what it says. The definition of immunity is the ability of an organism to resist, particularly an infection or toxin, <laughs> by the action of a specific antibodies and sensitized white blood cells, okay? And the ability of an organism to resist particular infection. See, when, when I'm struggling, it's probably best for me to get into community because I need immunity from the disease, or could I say sin, or the struggle, or are you with me? And then because community, I'm stronger in community, then there's immunity in the community. So, Mike, I give the Lord praise for that. Let's give the Lord some praise for the prophetic word. I thank you for that, that... We want to raise up children, prophetic children, to begin to begin to speak like that. So moms and dads, if your children have a prophetic word, let them share it with you. Send it over to us. We would love to have it. There is such a battle against community. You know, we have an accuser. The, the Bible talks about it, and, 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 it's, and it's real. There is the battle. But how many of you know, sometimes the battle, it, it may be you. It may be your thought process. It may be your belief system. It may be what you're willing to do or not willing to do. Come on, somebody. But then, then there is also can be a battle that you have with the enemy, okay? Satan is called the accuser, and, and, and the word, the Greek word for accuser is, is called um, katagros, katagros, I believe. And, it, and it, it's coming against one in the assembly, so turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6, and we're going to jump into this, okay? The airplane is now taken off. We're going to get into some turbulent 
tur turbulent airspace and things are going to begin to shake a little bit. But Proverbs chapter 6. So did I tell you guys right? Proverbs chapter 6. I want to look at verses 16 through 19. A lot of times we don't like to hear what the Lord likes or doesn't like. We just want the good stuff. Amen? And, and there is, this is the good stuff because it helps me know what's right and what's wrong. It helps me have, have an understanding of what God likes and what he doesn't like. And here's some things in Proverbs that he talks about. And I'm not going to go in the history of, the, of Proverbs, but this is wisdom that, um, that Solomon has written. But he said, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes. I'm not going to go into a teaching on what that, what that is. But lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. And feet that, that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Word of God says, so if you're thinking, uh-oh, uh, last time I talked to him, did he, was he upset with me? No, 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 no. The enemy is a liar, all right? And the Bible says that he's the father of lies, and, and he likes to lie. So I, I wanted to give you, uh, if, if, there is, if there is some six things that the Lord hates, the seventh that's, there's seven of them that are detestable to him, we could look at them. I, I, haughty eyes, I don't want to be involved with that. A lying tongue, I, come on, I, we need the truth. We need the truth. Doesn't the world now need the truth? I mean, you turn on news stations and you know, you know that you know that there's some stuff that's just flat not true. And then it's hard because they're trying to bring confusion of what it is. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. I could go on and preach that, but I'm not going to. A heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil. There's some people, I remember years ago, many, many years ago, it's like, hey, let's go do this, and it really wasn't honorable. But guess what? I was ready. Let's go do it. And then we did it and realized that how stupid it was, and it can cost some situations in your life, but we run into evil. A false witness who pours out a lie and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So let me give you the New King James Version on that. The, that verse uh, 19, it says, anyone who sows discord among the brethren. Do you know where the discord's coming from? Do you know who's sowing it? See, somebody has to sow it. God's not sowing the discord. But there is an enemy that wants to sow the discord or a liar that is on your shoulder lying to you, telling you these things that are not true. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you with me? So I wanted to break this down. This is really not about you, but I'm going to share with you how I have to deal with the enemy myself. Okay? And I'm going to give you today, I'm going to put your toolbox in your arsenal Today, I'm going to give you five ways and see if, see if how, how Satan, who's the accuser of the brethren, operates. And see if, this is, see if this is familiar to you at all, okay? Let me give you number one. Number one is Satan accuses me to God. He accuses me to God, okay? Satan accuses me to God. And I was thinking about Revelations. You, those of you that are taking note, just go ahead and, li and listen to this. Revelations 12.10 says, I heard a loud voice in heaven, and have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before God day and night, has been hurled down. 
They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Okay? So, I, I don't know about you, but Satan accuses me to God. So, it's kind of like Job. Job, um, God was like, what about my man Job? He's, he's pretty good, he, you know. And, and Satan is like, oh, yeah? Well, it's because you've blessed him. And if he wasn't so blessed, he would curse your face. Are you with me? I mean, that's what the Scripture says. It's in Job chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And, and he's accusing. And, and I, I, I feel like that when the accuser starts accusing, he accuses me to God. Well, you died for him? Well, look what he's doing now. Well, you did this for him? Look what he's doing now. How's he acting now? So number one is, is he really, Satan accuses me to God, just like Job was. Are you with me? He was accusing Job to God, okay? So if I start experiencing this, I got to realize that that's not the truth. That's not the truth. So he says, look what he's done. Look how mean he is. Look how cantankerous he was yesterday. Look how he treated his wife yesterday. Are you with me? Look how he should have done this and didn't do that. And, and he's over there just accusing me to God. He's selfish. He's greedy. He wants this. He wants that. He, you know what I mean? He's doing this. He's doing that. It's all about him. It's not about you, God. He's not really your child. So, number one, he accuses me to God. So what else I experience is, is number two, he, he accuses God to me. Has the accuser ever accused God to you? Genesis chapter 3, guess what happened in the garden? He accused God to Adam and Eve. Did God really say, don't eat of the tree of the of fruit of good and evil? Are you with me? Did God really say, I mean, how many times do you... Okay, it's about me. How many times do I go through this week and I hear, did God really say in his word that you're to be blessed and highly favored? Did God really say that you can be, you know, we sing the song of the blessing, that you'll have blessings for your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. Did God really say that? And do you really believe it? Are you with me? So we begin to see where he, where he accuses God to me. God's never done nothing for you, Eric. Oh, yeah. And I start listing off everything that I know. There's so much that God's done for me that I've forgotten some of what God has done for me. Can I get an amen? So he accuses God to me. That's just me. Maybe he's never done that to you. Maybe he's never come up and he's tried to accuse God to you. Did God really say this? Or why didn't God stop this? Why didn't God stop this? He accuses God to me, so he's trying to change how I believe. Shelley says God is good all the time, and the enemy will challenge that this week. You know why? Because you had a flat tire. Guess what? That's life. Get the tire fixed. Go on about your business. Come on, somebody. But the enemy will accuse you. If anything doesn't happen the way you think it ought to happen, or God doesn't do the way you think it ought to be, the enemy's there to accuse you. He's there to accuse and say, what about God? Where was God? Where was God in that situation? So this is, that's the second thing. The third thing that I want to give you today is that, is, is that if, you, if the, he accuses me to myself, 
You should have done better, Eric. <laughs> Come on. Look, I've had to go back and apologize to my wife. Look, baby, I blew that. I was going to have peace in that situation when I was talking with that person, and they made me mad, and I kind of lost it. <laughs> so guess who's accusing? He's accusing me to myself. He's accusing me to myself. You ever had him accuse you to yourself? You know, I've blown it. How about if you say, I've blown it. There's nothing I can do. I've blown it. I messed it up. There's nothing I can do. There's no forgiveness I can get. Eh, wrong. Wrong. Because we know that's a lie because God wants to forgive us. He will forgive us. Come on, somebody. Not only will we ask for forgiveness or repent, he's, he's willing to forgive us. He's already forgiven us. Come on, somebody. So, we, you know, sometimes I have said I've blown it. Have you ever said this? It really doesn't matter. Living for God really doesn't matter. That's me, him accusing me of myself. If Eric, is there anything you're doing that's making a difference? There's nothing you're doing that's making a difference. I'm accusing myself. Are you with me? Me to myself. And I'm listening to him accuse me. And, and is, is it just me? Maybe these are just things that I've had to deal with. These are just how the accuser has come, and I've recognized it in my life. Because there's a couple things. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Look, when I'm dealing with number three, I want to condemn myself. I want to disqualify myself. You know how many times I disqualified myself as a parent? Whenever your child says, I don't like you, I hate you, you disqualify yourself. I'm a terrible parent. And kids just say that stuff. So maybe your kids don't say it to you, but sometimes our kid. never mind. <laughs> and they say stuff, and they say stuff they don't mean. Do you know what I mean? Nobody loves me. It's like, you're right. Your family loves you, and even if you are a bonehead like me, and then your family loves you. But he says there's no condemnation. Do you know that word no condemnation literally means no adverse sentence? No adverse sentence. That word condemnation says you are not held responsible. There are consequences to my actions. Hear me. Hear me. I want you to hear what the Lord said. Remember? The enemy's going to lie to you, but you don't want to accuse yourself to yourself. There's no consequence. You can just say, wait a minute, wait a minute. There are, excuse me, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, some, what you realize, and sometimes we read the Word of God and we say, okay, I'm in Christ, and now I'm out of Christ. And eh, it doesn't work. You're either in or you're not. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you with me? I know some people that are like, I was in the spirit, worshiping the Lord. And then I got in a fight at the bar last night, and I was out of the spirit. Are you in Christ or are you not in Christ? Come on, somebody. So what? You're going to justify being fighting and angry and getting thrown in jail? Are you with me? Because you were in the flesh and not in the spirit? No, if, if, I'm gonna, if, I'm, if the enemy is going to accuse me to myself, then I've got to realize and settle that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody, and I'm either in or I'm out, and you're in. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in. If you know Jesus, you are in. You're in. I am in Christ Jesus. I am in Christ Jesus. 
So the no condemnation means no adverse sentence. It means not held responsible. It means no judgment against you. It does not give me the right. Are you with me? It doesn't give me the right to condemn people or myself. Some people are like, oh, I would never condemn somebody else. No, but you'll condemn yourself, won't you? Some people will self-mutilate and they're condemning themselves for something because the accuser is accusing them to themselves. And that's, uh, that's a byproduct of some of that. So there's no condemnation. When there is, you know what condemnation means? There's no hope. There's no way out. Condemnation means you have no value. There's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, guess what? There's a way out. Oh, it's a mess. There's no way out. There's just, it's over for me. Well, that's condemnation. Conviction is, you know what? I messed up. God, forgive me, I messed up, and the Holy Spirit will convict me. I'm, gonna, I'm using you as an example, baby. We have an amazing marriage. We were praying, and I was just thanking God for our marriage and how, I mean, we do. We really have, I believe we have an exceptional marriage. She's so patient with me because I'm a knothead, y'all. I'm, I'm a knothead, and she's just like an angel, you know? And, you know, look, Bryce, it's hard, you know, when you hear the angel wings coming down the hallway. <laughs> You know, and it's like, here comes Shelly, you know, it's like, you know, and I'm always the one working that out. But I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm probably, uh, uh, what is it, evangelistically speaking, I'm accusing myself. That's right. <laughs> it's a good example right here, right now. But these are real to us, guys. And I think they're real to you because Satan will accuse me to God. And then Satan accuses God to me. And then Satan accuses me to myself. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the difference between condemnation and conviction is condemnation, there's no way out. And conviction says, guess what? Jesus is the way. Thank God for Jesus' blood. Can we just give a five-second praise offering for the blood of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we have hope. We have hope. And then people are like, what about this virus? It's terrible. I said, I understand that. But you know what? I have hope. I'm an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. I'm going to get through it. Listen, and you guys are going to get through it today. If you'll do your part, if you'll step out and continue to do what God has called you to do, there may be some ways that you got to do it a little bit different, and that's okay. But how many of you know, just don't quit. Just don't stop. Just don't believe the accuser when he says there's no hope for you because that's condemnation because the conviction of God says, guess what? Go get it done. You're my child. You're a child of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll give you another one. I know you guys want another one. Number four is he accuses. Here we go. I'm going to get into some a little bit of meat. He accuses whomever our close relationships are. Who's your close relationships to? Again, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. My wife leaves to go to the grocery store. Guess what I hear? I have no reason to. Are you sure she went to the grocery store? 
your husband leaves the house and he's gone all day and you hear that voice saying, are you sure he's working? It's a close relationship. Parents, as a parent, your child leaves home and they're supposed to be somewhere. The accuser says, are you sure they went where they said they were going to go? You're going to find them in a ditch. Or maybe, again, I've heard these things. You probably haven't, but I've heard these things. And they hurt because the enemy wants to accuse you of that relationship and bring mistrust. Come on, somebody. In the middle of that relationship, Ephesians chapter 5, there's a reflection of the marriage and Christ and the church and the worst scripture for women in the Bible. Wives, submit yourselves to your husband. That's because a lot of times we take it out of context and I'm going to get into the context of it today. I'm not going to do that, but it also says, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and give yourself up for her. So, Husbands need to love our wives. We need to honor our wives. But yet the enemy's going to accuse that relationship because he wants to come between you and your husband. How long have you guys been married, Tom, Linda? 50 years. Has, amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. But there's been battles of that 50 years. There's been situations that, you know what I mean? There's been accusations. Not saying it's true. And it didn't happen, but those accusations try to come that Tom's doing this or Linda's doing that or whatever it might be. Again, are you with me? That's why we've got to take those thoughts and vain imaginations and pull those things down and say, wait a minute, that's not where Tom is at. That's not what Linda's doing. Come on, somebody. I got, I got my wife already pulled up on the 360. I can tell you right now, she's at the restaurant. <laughs> Amen? Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you do. <laughs> you can track the person. Never mind. That's, that's a whole other thing. Parents, you need to have that for your teenagers. I'm just saying, just saying that's a good thing. But listen, he will not only, if he doesn't accuse you of your spouse, it'll be your boss. It'll be your employees, those of you that have employees. It'll be your friend. It'll be somebody that's close to you that has a relationship. It can be a parent. But it's those relationships. Do you know why he's after the relationships? Because our relationship reflects our relationship with God. My relationship with my wife should reflect my relationship with God. Are you with me? And there's a lot of forgiveness on her part, and it reflects her relationship with God. Amen? So that's the thing. He's after those relationships. So not only wants to accuse you to God, he wants to accuse God to you. Not only does he want to do that, but he wants to accuse me to myself. But now he wants to go after those close relationships. Don't think you've got a relationship with somebody that the enemy won't try to get in there. He is one wedge-driving, chopping lumberjack. Amen? 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, give honor to your wife so your prayers won't be hindered. <laughs> Give honor to your wife so your prayers won't be hindered. Number five. I want to finish up with number five. He tries to remove you from the place that you're in the body. Or could I say, he tries to remove you from the place that you're in the body. In other words, um, 
let's go to the next one, uh, Tanya. Basically, I said he tries to remove you from your place in the body, or could I say community? He tries to get you out of going to church. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, look, church doesn't save you. A relationship with Jesus Christ saves you. Are you with me? I have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's my salvation. Come on, somebody. But church can help community, can help me grow, can encourage me, can give me strength. I can hear the word of God. I'm telling you, I got goosebumps on the back of my neck today because that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me that there's some of you that your faith meter is just ready to go. Ping, 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 ping. Now I know why the enemy has come against me because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and you can change and transform and distribute the kingdom of God which is righteousness joy and peace in the Holy Ghost and when that comes he starts flowing out of you out of the innermost being flows rivers of living water and and then there's community that I can come to God I can't get this anywhere else y'all look I, I love sports and man I miss sports <laughs> but they're just sports are you with me I can't get this anywhere else. I can't. When I see your face and I see you here and you're attentive and you're smiling and, and all of a sudden I can see things begin to grow inside of you and hope begins to rise up and your faith begins to rise up and you look at the situation that you might be in the middle. You might have just lost your job. You might have had a bad report from a doctor. But when you come together in the community of believers in Christ, all of a sudden my hope can go to another level. And it's the hope that's the anchor to my soul. Are you with me? And my soul, oh, it is well with my soul. But see, through community, you don't get it elsewhere. You don't get this. I can't get this at a football game. I get other things that I enjoy at a football game, but I can't get this. So think about this. Yeah, it says you can't get it at Facebook. You're, you're right. And with any other social media that's, that's there. But you've got to understand that there, this is a, a dynamic that the Lord has put together. So he says, we've been grafted in. I don't know about you, but you've been grafted in. If you know Jesus Christ, you've been grafted in. You're grafted into Israel. You were grafted in to Jerusalem. Romans chapter 11. You can look that up a little bit later. So how does, he, how does the enemy try to remove us? I need all your help on this one. How does the enemy try to remove us from community? What are some of the things that you deal, would have to deal with? Offense, that's good. Who else? Gossip, that's good. Who else? I'm not doing enough. That's good. Who else? Strife, that's good. What else? Come on. What else? What's going to keep you from coming to the church? What's going to keep you out of community? Lies. Believing those lies. Are you with me? What else? Shame. Guilt. Shame. That's good. Those are things that will keep us. But yet Christ has shed his blood for us. I'm not perfect. I made some mistakes this week. I, I have to apologize. Just about every week I have to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> I don't know about you. You're probably better than I am on that stuff. But that's okay, you know. But I have to ask, ask for forgiveness. What about oppression? Can oppression keep you from coming? How about depression? Denial is not going to help me. That's, that can come to a belief system. What else? Those are really great. Who else? Who's got a few more? 
What else? What will keep you back? What holds you back? Isolation. You prefer being, you're introverted. You prefer not being around people. I don't want to be around people. Do you go to Walmart? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Acceptance. Maybe not feeling accepted. They're not going to accept me. That church, that, that's that church. They're not going to accept me. No, you're accepted. Come on, somebody. Pastor Sean? Some, now we're getting out. Hey, you remember that rough part? We're in there now. He says, somebody sat in my chair. <laughs> what? So who is there? I should have got here earlier. We'll just get here earlier. Amen? And then you can get the seat that you want to. That's good. How about this? How about this? There's no value in reading the Word of God. You ever heard that one? Eh, I'm not going to read it. Why pray? There's no reason to pray. No reason to pray. Really? That's talking with God. It's not easy. See, the enemy will come. Negativity, that's good. What else? Fear. Yes, sir. What else? Sin. Me messing up, making a mistake, right? I, I can keep me. I was good up until Saturday evening. <laughs> And now I'm not going to church because what I did on Saturday night. Listen, go to church because I know that as you go to church and you hear the word and you're involved in community, oh, come on, somebody, and you realize you can identify your voice versus the enemy's voice versus God's voice, and now you're going to be able to stand up against the wiles and the schemes and the plots and the plans and the purposes of the enemy. When you do that, then guess what? It won't be Sunday that'll fall apart. It'll be Saturday night. There'll be something different that you'll do Saturday night. You won't have to let that mistake that situation holds you back from coming into the community where people love you. I had a guy one time, I said, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He said, you don't know what I've done. I said, you don't know my God and how he can cover anything that you've done. No, you don't know, Pastor. You just don't know. I said, no, no, you don't know. Listen, he's forgiven me of some stuff. Sometimes we don't put value in praying or we don't put value in worship. We don't put value in getting together. We need you. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need you. We need you. Tell them, we need you. We need you. You matter to the community. You're, you're part of the community. Do you know what it's like? Ask Tatum what it was like when there was nine people in here and they were doing worship. It was quite a bit different, wasn't it, Angela? But when you come in, you bring an element that the worship team is like, okay, yes, you are valuable. You are amazing. We haven't figured that out yet, but we've figured it out, that you are that, and that God's going to continue to bless and strengthen you and help you through those places. Real quick, let me give you the, the review real quick of all five. Number one, Satan accuses me to God. Number two, he accuses God to me. Don't listen to that baloney. He accuses me to myself. i got to get away from that. You've got to get away from that. You know what else he does? He accuses whomever our close relationships are. You know the best way to keep the enemy at bay? Communicate. If my wife and I don't communicate, shh, the enemy will fill in the blank. So the other day, while I was working on something, I had to go to the hardware store. They were getting ready to close, so I took off, and I didn't tell her. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal for her. I wanted to honor her and tell her, babe, I had to run to the, because all of a sudden she comes out, the car's gone, the truck's gone. 
You know what I mean? So I'm gone. She doesn't know where I've went. She doesn't know what's going on. So I can either text her, right, or call her or whatever and just say, babe, I had to run to the Ace Hardware or run to the hardware store to get something. It puts her peace. Because if I don't communicate that, do you know what happens for the next seven to ten minutes? The enemy is all on her. Your husband just left. He's not coming back. I'm going to close with this. I read about a couple that was count, being counseled and they were struggling and, and the wife just would go ballistic in certain situations. And, um, and the pastor said, tell me about your childhood. And she started sharing about her childhood. Because what happened was her and her husband would get into a discussion and they would get a little heated. It would become a little elevated. I'm sure that's never happened to you guys. But you got to call time out. There's certain things you can do. It started to get heated. And guess what he did? He got mad and went out the front door. She went off. Come to find out when she was a child at seven years old, her parents got into an argument. Her mom and dad almost physically got into it. And she watched her dad grab his coat walk out the front door and he never came back 20 years later she's 27 her and her husband get into a discussion and he walks out the front door what happens to her are you with me she's seeing there's a trauma that's there she's seeing that again she goes ballistic he doesn't know about it he said look I just went outside to check the mail she knew when he walked out that door he wasn't coming back so she went after him. See, a lot of times the enemy will put that in. He wants to remove you from those relationships that are close to you. And he'll lie to you. That guy's doing the same thing your dad did when you were seven, which was a lie. He wasn't. Long story short, they were able to work some things out. And they're still happily married today. Amen? Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? Amen? So you've got to remember that the enemy, he wants to try to accuse you. And he's part of it is to give that accusation against you or against your situation or against people around you. Pastor Eric and Shelly, they don't love you. They don't love you. They're trying to remove you from the body. He's trying to get you disconnected. Proverbs 18.1 says, A man who isolates himself is unwise and he won't heed to sound counsel. He wants to isolate. The coronavirus wants to isolate you. Are you with me? He wants to isolate. We, we see it. Some people are at some degrees are being isolated in certain areas. And as they're lifting things, that's great. But that's the whole deal is to isolate you and keep us from community and getting together. Will you stand to your feet today? John 8, 44 says he speaks a lie. And we believe that lie. Also says that he's the father of lies. Isolation has been part of the enemy's mode of operation for a long time. But we're stronger together. We're stronger together. We are. <laughs> Let's do it again. We are. Everybody. We are. We're, we're stronger together. We're stronger together. We're stronger together. Let me pray for you. As we close today, I just want to encourage you. These are some ways that the enemy tries to accuse me. 
and situations that I've come up against. And I believe that there's a lot of you that have experienced the same thing. We've heard those familiar sounds. But you've got to know that the enemy's trying to isolate you. I declare and decree over you that you're going to begin to find your identity in Christ, that you are a child of the Most High God. And even when we come together, I mean, when we come together in community, it's messy. It's messy, but it's still good. And we, we need each other. And Shelly and I need you, and we know that you need us, and we are grateful and thankful for that. And there's others that are going to be coming into the community. They, they need it. They don't need the judgment. They don't need the condemnation. They need the love. They need the encouragement. They need the, the, the setting apart on the right path and getting on the right road and for us to help everybody do that. So I want to pray for you today. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you bless your people here. I thank you that this community, this amazing community has done amazing things, not only in the community itself and other people's lives, and I could go on and on and on about all the accolades, but they really don't mean anything without us doing it with the right motive. And I just ask that you release your goodness and your grace upon us. I thank you like the video said, there's a time of healing that the kingdom of God is coming and it's advancing. In Isaiah, it's continuing to advance. And we just declare that this kingdom of God is increasing. The government of God. There shall be no end to the increase of his government. So we just release that kingdom today. I ask you to continue to heal and deliver and set free your people today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...